the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. The elections. How far do we go into this today? It's a big question. A little bit of a Democratic surprise. Yesterday, the S&P 500, the Dow, and the NASDAQ all rallied on the thought that gridlock was coming. More Republican control of the chambers of Congress. Still, a couple of races remain too close to call. So I'm not saying that we've set in our demon-known expectation for Wall Street. Lyft shares got hammered down 22% yesterday. Uber is starting to pull away from Lyft as far as perceived gig economy driving and gig economy delivering and gig economy logistics. Bitcoin had a rough one last uh, in the last 24 hours after one of the bigger players in Bitcoin collapsed. Number two was acquired by number one. And the founder lost an excruciating amount of money. The largest loss in one day, $13 billion. We'll talk about that and probably a little bit more as the show goes on. Elon Musk sold nearly $4 billion of Tesla stock after his Twitter deal closed. He previously said he had finished selling his Tesla shares to fund a Twitter takeover. He is just a big problem for regulators. You can't make material statements like that. It's a publicly traded company. So the billionaire who lost so much money yesterday, Sam Bankman-Fried, his plans to buy Goldman Sachs will have to wait after spending much of the year bailing out sputtering firms during the crypto winter. His firm itself is being bailed out in a sale to a rival exchange, Binance. Um, It's a stunning quick turnaround loss. And it shows you how quickly Bitcoin could turn on you. Let's take a look at some of the other top stories of the day. Meta is announcing their layoffs. Meta plans to lay off more than 11,000 employees, 13% of its workforce. The divisions hit hardest include marketing partnerships, HR, engineering. Some employees from Reality Labs, the division responsible for the company's metaverse efforts, which has been described as Mark's baby, will likely lose their jobs, but they're not getting the brunt of it, it looks like. Elon Musk is doing probably the worst takeover 101 that you could ever study. You're fired. Well, wait, wait, work 24 hours a day, five days a week. You're fired. Oh, and by the way, we need to hire you back. Interesting, right? Asking managers to ask employees if they had the opportunity, would they come back? That's a bad 180. Prime members are complaining that Amazon Music's unusable. Amazon Music recently added its 98 million songs to the platform, but Prime members can only play individual songs if they upgrade to Amazon Music Unlimited for $9 a month. It's in the day and age where you can pick any song you want, any album that you want. It seems... Very strange. It's basically an online radio station. 
which is fine. But is it really a perk? There's something called iHeartRadio. They do a, a very nice job of that already. Carvana was hailed as a pandemic era success story. Now its fortunes have soured. Over the last year, 98% of the company's market value has evaporated. The online used car retailer chucks it up to a challenging economy and slowing demand. I sum it up to a bad business plan that wasn't ready for a challenging economy or slowing demand. Google is quietly working on a wearable device for preteens. This sounds like trouble. It's called Project 11. The wearable device is designed to help older kids form healthy relationships with their phones and social media. I, What's your first reaction? Just think about that for a second. Another wearable device that somehow is going to help our teens form themselves. It doesn't sound right. Now, again, maybe if it's more of a fitness app and inside the fitness app, it tells you, hey, you've been on social media for over an hour a day. Cut it out. But do we still need that? And doesn't Apple have a big head start on Project 11? It feels like it. Some other stories out there of note that we're looking at today. The founder of Oculus said he created a virtual reality headset that kills users in real life if they die in a video game. Palmer Lucky, who was later fired by Facebook, said he's always been fascinated by the idea of tying your real life into your virtual avatar. And I'm just like, I'm just like, we don't need that. Hey, did the Queen of England really die in advance of the new return for the crown on Netflix for the fifth season? Did she, was she? Basically promoing the next season. Well, she's not going to be dead in this season, but the fifth season kicks off on Netflix. God of War Ragnarok, an action adventure video game, is released last night at 9 p.m. I It's not like I downloaded it at 9 p.m. <clears throat> Elsewhere, Microsoft co-founder Paul Allen's art collections can be offered at auction today. Um, man, you can make all the money in the world, but you still die like everyone else. Um... And your yachts, your helicopters, your football teams, and even your artwork gets sold up after you die and your children divvied up. I don't know what to say about that, but it is what it is. Roblox came out with numbers this morning. They were horrible. Um, You can't buy companies that are losing money and have high valuations. You can't. It's not over. Now, again, when we see Carvana and Roblox, and when you start adding up the the lifts, all the the market cap getting whooshed out, it's nice. But hopefully you learned a lesson. My worst performer is this year is a company that's losing money. That's, it's obvious, right? Elsewhere out there, Wharton Professor Jeremy Siegel predicted that the Dow could surge 2,000 points once the Fed pivots to cutting rates. He thinks if policymakers make the decision by next summer, asset prices could soar and the U.S. economy would still be able to escape a recession. I'm kind of with him on that. It's when the pivot's announced, though. When it's felt. And we're seeing the earnings. Yesterday, I saw a big cut in earnings. And if you know anything about the show, I talked to Patrick O'Hare on Wednesdays. And he's basically said, I'm waiting for earnings expectations to come down. I'm like, I'm waiting for people to get fired. 
And today we got Facebook and earnings coming down. I think that's a good thing. Hackers made off with over $2 million in ransom after obtaining confidential records on a law firm. Uh-oh. That has a bad feeling like it's going to be up on an episode of Law & Order. Brown Rednick Cyber Insurance Company covered the ransom, but now the insurer is suing one of the law firm's tech vendors that says it's liable for the fiasco. No doubt. No doubt. <clears throat> bad episode of a, a crime drama. Thank you. That was your best move so far, my young producer. Elon Musk is outsourcing, having to explain his rationale for layoffs. He does not like being the, the brunt of negative criticism. Anyhow, you can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I hope the elections did everything that you wanted them to yesterday for you. I'm Rob Black. For more information about EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. One of my biggest regrets clearly was dating in my 20s and how much money I spent on pursuing love. Um, but in hindsight, if I invested, eh, she might be married to some good-looking young man and I might be wealthy beyond my wildest dreams on Fantasy Island. Dating habits are putting millennials even more in debt, especially with inflation driving prices higher and higher. But if you're going to live with your mama, you're going to party and vacation on your dates as much as you can. There was a study that came out that looked at every aspect of Americans' lives, including dating. And what it came up with is that single millennials spend too much on it. About 77% of consumers asked about dating habits. So they would find dating easier with more money. Nearly one in five said high inflation caused them to go in on fewer dates. Wow. It's a lending tree survey, and they looked at ages in the study. It looks like millennials, a generation that already struggles to keep up the most, um, are going on into debt for a date. 10% say they've used their credit cards and had them declined while on a first date. Credit cards, 7% millennials reported they currently owe credit or credit card debt, and they're still going on said dates. It's interesting because the older me would go back in time, if I can go back in time, and find the younger me, and I'd give them much different advice. So this is the stuff that I pass on to my kids now. Like, you don't have to go on a movie, dinner, and Broadway show kind of date. Be a local tourist. You live in Marin, California. Like, there's so many things to do here. They're free. Find a local market. Be a tourist. Um, snag a free ticket on free museum day once a month. Um, find local musicians. It's the biggest regret that I have of my 20s. Now, if I were talking to my spouse, I would say, you know, because I married her late 30s, I'd say something along the lines, my biggest regret is I didn't get married earlier. And she says, but you wouldn't have had me. I was like, but I'd have grandkids. Um, so I have a couple of different regrets and I play them off of people how I want them to. What's your biggest regret? I would be interested to know. Drop me an email, rob at robblackshow.com. Disney is a, a uh, how do we say this? Disney is a disappointment. I own shares of Disney. And when they got into streaming, there was like, sweet, they're going to be the next Netflix of streaming. And they are. I think to say 
that they've had a good run in streaming is an understatement. I think they've had a very good run. But before they got into streaming, we were talking about the Genie Plus app and how people could use all these different technologies to go from park to park, experience from experience, consumer product divisions. We talked about Shanghai Disney and not how it's closed due to COVID. So the things that worked prior to two years ago aren't working now. The more they charge per ticket, the Star Wars Galaxy Hotel experience, the all of that good stuff has now been killed because of streaming. They're putting too much money into streaming. Does that sound familiar? Like Netflix? And they don't seem to have a great solution for, I, I want to call it a money loss. Stock's down 10% today. Uh, they don't have a dividend anymore because they cut it during the streaming days or the wild, wild west streaming days and the COVID days of the park. So Bob Chapik, I think he feels like a lame duck CEO. Since he's taken over, the stock's gone from 180 down to 90. The board of directors will not stand for that for very long. Um, to say that I'm disappointed is an understatement. And to say that I'm sorry for ever recommending it, I'm not because I would do it again. Um, I think there's underlying value there of their theme parks and underlying value of their cruises and their brand with their kids, but they got to get the streaming cost under control and sooner rather than later. A 30-year-old crypto kingpin lost 94% of his wealth overnight, making it the biggest one-day collapse among billionaires on record. And that's in a year where Mark Zuckerberg lost $50 billion in a day. But his percentage wasn't 94%. Zuckerberg lost $29 billion on February 3rd, but his net worth is still an estimated $84 billion, down about $50 billion. Um, Elon Musk was down $50 billion on November 2021 when he pulled Twitter users and asked if he should sell 10% of his stake in the automaker. Jeff Bezos has had his bad days. He's seen his fortune drop $36 billion when he gave up 25% of his Amazon stock to settle his divorce with his former wife, Mackenzie Scott. Um, it's all worthy of note. Sam Bankman freed. Um, when you take a look at him, he looks like a crypto billionaire. And um, he went from $13 billion to $1 billion pretty hardcore, pretty hardcore fast. Speaking of crypto, I want to take a look at it today in large part because yesterday it kind of cracked a little bit. It went below 18,000. And when it's that low, we have concerns that how much lower can it go? Bitcoin price dropped to a two-year low on FTX Binance deal concerns. If Binance were to fail now, it's all over. Um, the recovery of Bitcoin would take complete years right now we're seeing bitcoin let's see i'm pulling up gold i'm pulling up silver i'm pulling up everything about bitcoin Seventeen thousand seven hundred and thirty-three. that's a two-year low um so it's definitively in that crash below recent low levels where we were holding eighteen thousand. we were holding nineteen thousand. we got to twenty thousand. Then the influencers on the internet's like, it's going to 21,000. Next stop, woohoo, start the train. And it's at 17,730, down 8% for the day. Digesting the midterm election results, reports are indicating the market's expectation of a split Congress leading to a legislative gridlock environment is likely outcome. I'm just personally, I'm a little bit on edge, a little PTSD. Just, I'm kind of hoping there's no massive challenges. 
I'd kind of like to have a nice day of plotting out the radio show, the podcast, and not go, yes, but we still don't know who's going to control the Senate. So Disney's the big loser today. The mega cap stocks are weighing on the broader market. The Vanguard mega cap growth ETFs down 1.2% versus down 7 tenths of percent for the S&P 500. So um, companies that are really, 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 really big and have an overweighting in the S&P 500 are basically the number one enemy right now. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Facebook layoffs will likely hit most departments as we're learning. 13% of the staff. Interesting problem that retail is having with, hollow, uh, with Christmas is that you and I have so much money and we're like, oh, we have so much money and there's a recession coming. We know, we keep hearing, yes, 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 we hear you. You're talking about it in 2023. So in the back of our heads, we're trying to sneak in vacations instead of uh, going big on Christmas or a vacation for Christmas. So the airlines seem to be in a pretty good spot right now of what the dollar is choosing to do. Right now it's travel. I'm Rob Black. Find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. You are listening to the Rob Black Show podcast. For more information on EP Wealth, visit robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Patrick O'Hare, briefing.com, a reliable source for domestic and international news that you can use when approaching the investment world, the financial world, the money world, the retirement world. Mr. O'Hare, what did you make of uh, last night's election coverage? Yeah, good morning, Rob. Um, Well, it's, uh, you know, it's uh, interesting to say the least. Uh, It's going to give political pundits a lot to talk about, uh, already has, and uh, certainly will for uh, some time to come here, uh, partly because um, there's nothing um, totally definitive yet. Um, It looks like uh, reports are indicating it looks like the GOP will have a small majority in the House, and uh, but the Senate outcome is still to be decided. Uh, it will be a narrow uh, majority one way or the other, but uh, still some races that are too close to call, particularly in uh, Arizona, Nevada, and Georgia. Uh, and it may come down again to a, a runoff election in Georgia to decide the, the balance of power in the Senate. Pretty crazy stuff. Um <laughs> It's kind of a weird night for me and my family because I grew up in a family where we had watched the election results as a family. And uh, now as a a grown man, I'm not really watching it for the social issues. I'm watching it for the financial issues to make sure we're ready to talk about it the following day. Um, Other than the Senate and House of Representatives last night, anything that you take away um, from the elections, potentially like maybe the economy is not so disappointing. Maybe student debt did help Biden. Um, was there any mandates in there, like uh, cut the Ukraine spending, double the Ukraine spending? Mm-hmm. Well, one thing you know I, I kind of appreciate um, is that there seemed to be a lot of uh, energy in terms of the voting process itself, right? Which is a good statement about our democratic system. You know, um, I think there's some truth to the idea that shows that you know democracy is not uh, not dead here. Uh, there are a lot of people who. Uh, feel strongly one way or another on any given issue, and they wanted their vote heard and registered. Uh, and uh, and that was uh, comforting to see, frankly, at this stage of the game. Um, you know, I think that uh, it looks like, you know, again, with the GOP likely to have a small majority in the House, is that you probably will enter this mode of, uh, of 
kind of a political gridlock environment um, in terms of not being able to get anything, uh, any major new legislation passed. But, uh, you know, one thing I I did acknowledge in page one column this morning was the thought that perhaps because it is such a kind of a, a narrow majority uh, on either side, possibly, uh, it might compel this this coming Congress to to try to work together to at least get some things done. They they may not have they may not be major, but to try to avoid that label of being a a do nothing Congress. Um, you know, Congress's popularity is already not very high, and if you have the next two years of just a lot of you know um, uh, you know party back and forth, name calling, all of that. Um, I don't think anyone. I don't think that serves any any good purpose for for our country. And so, hopefully, you know, these parties can somehow work together so they can avoid that label, get some things done that are, are positive minded. Um, otherwise, every uh, you know individual who's up for election in 2024 is going to have to tackle with the the point that uh, they were part of a do nothing Congress. Something I really like about you is you have different sensibilities than what I'm used to. I'm California Bay Area, so it's a lot of pro-growth, tech stocks, rah, 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 shish, boom, bah. Um, East Coast, you get big money heads. So West Coast, you're just a little bit more practical. Um, you want Congress to get something done, and I love that. Um, it's the Chicago way, right? Walt Disney. <laughs> I'll, I'll be quiet. Uh, Walt Disney, any thoughts on – it seems like they would be in a perfect situation, but streaming has taken them down like it took Netflix down. Yeah, that's right. I mean, it's not, uh, it's proving not to be a very, uh, uh, inexpensive undertaking, you know? Um, and I guess, you know, the one thing, uh, to Disney's credit in that respect is that, you know, they're managing the business for the long term, right? And it's, it's costing more to do that right now. That's disappointing in terms of the bottom line result. They're paying a price for that, uh, in conjunction with the notion that uh, their theme parks might ultimately be, adversely impacted with a, a, you know, a slowing economy, if not an actual recession. And so the timing of things is not great uh, there as it relates to Disney's report. But uh, to your point, you know, it's kind of falling prone to the same uh, victimization that, you know, Netflix did, you know, for having to uh, basically, you know, having to invest a lot uh, to to grow that streaming business. And, you know, there's going to be some bumps along the way. This was not the uh, the result uh, investors obviously had hoped for. Um, so now it's a question of how, you know, can, uh, as, as the CEO suggested, you know, we're likely to see those those losses for the stream business peak in the first quarter and, and continue to improve such that, uh, you know, you see some profitability in fiscal 24. So Disney needs to make good on that promise. Um, but right now in a rising interest rate environment and uh, with the cloud of smoke, you know, surrounding where the economy is going, it's a tough sell to kind of believe in those distant forecasts right now uh, because not just Disney, but every company, a lot of other growth stocks are having some come up in some terms of how they used to be lauded for the, the tremendous growth potential that was going to come to fruition, you know, three, four, five, six, seven years down the road. And, uh, and that's not working right now uh, because, you know, interest rates have gone up quickly. They're at higher levels. Uh, earnings estimates are in question, as is the ultimate end demand. And so you're seeing any uh, former growth stock anyway that comes out and disappoints in any way, shape, or form still get hit very hard in those cases, uh, showing that there's still ample room for downside, even when many stocks are down 50, 60, 70% from their prior all-time highs. Tomorrow is tomorrow an action day if the CPI comes in better than expected, the Consumer Price Inflation Index, the 
thing the Fed's looking at to see if it's um, mm-hmm. driving their decisions or not. Is is it a big one tomorrow, or it doesn't really matter? Well, we do think it is a, it is a big release um, because you know it's, it's going to factor directly into the market's mindset about what the Fed is likely to do at the December meeting. Uh, the CME FedWatch tool uh, currently shows about a 57% probability that the Fed will raise rates by uh, by only 50 basis points, as opposed to the course of uh, 75 basis point actions we've been seeing here for the last four meetings. So if we get a hotter than expected CPI number, um, you know that's likely to switch back to an expectation that the Fed will go another 75 basis points. And you know this market. Uh, really is desperate to hear something good in terms of the inflation trend and as it relates also to what it might mean for Fed policy. Um, you know, and so it will be a market moving report. Um, and ideally we see something that's a little bit on the softer side to, to get the market feeling a little bit better about uh, the way things are headed on the inflation front. No two recessions are ever the same. Um, I would say we had a housing recession in 2008 timetable um, caused by too much borrowing. We've had recessions tied to inflation. This one, there seems to be plenty of jobs, so it shouldn't be a recession, but we keep talking about a 2023 recession. Jeremy Siegel says we may whiplash fast enough so that we don't actually hit one because the jobs numbers are so fa- are so darn good. What are your thoughts on 2023 recession, no recession, too early to call, not worried about it? Well, I think there's a, a better than you know, 50% chance of a recession in 2023. Um, When you kind of see all of the writing that is on the wall right now, um, and you're starting to hear, well, not starting, I mean, hearing just about every company kind of acknowledge that there's macroeconomic issues that, uh, you know, are not moving favorably. Uh, You know, you have these high interest rate or, or the rate increases from the Fed, right? You know, they're starting to transmit through the economy. And, you know, there is that lag effect of whether, you know, maybe six to nine months. So we're just now maybe seeing the economy feel the effects of the first, you know, rate hike in March. Um, and so we've got a lot more in the pipe, obviously, to work its way through the economy. I mean, if you look at, you know, anyone who's got a, a you know, a variable rate loan, whether it's in like a home equity line of credit um, or credit card, you know, something that's tied to the prime rate uh, and some something that, quickly reacts to what the Fed does, um, you've seen those monthly payments, the minimum payments go up tremendously um, in just a short amount of time. And uh, if you start, you know, seeing your neighbor lose their job or you start worrying about losing your job, then, you know, you're likely to kind of rein in your discretionary spending activity. That hasn't happened to a significant extent just yet, but uh, in all probability, we'll see that reined in in 2023, and that's going to create you know, a more challenging economic environment uh, that, again, is going to translate into a, a kind of a deteriorating earnings environment, uh, which is, you know, just starting to kind of like register here uh, amongst uh, the sell-side analysts that are following these companies. We're seeing estimates get marked down, but still looking at about 5 to 6% year-over-year growth in 2023, which uh, is probably still on the high side. And, and uh, you know, we'll probably hear more warnings now as we move into the early part of 2023 that we'll get those estimates coming down even further. Thanks very much. I'll cut you off there. We've got less than a minute. I want to give briefing the proper plug they deserve. Briefing.com. I start my day each and every day with page one. And I go on typically right around 10 o'clock when I'm done working in radio and podcasting. I jump on briefing and check out what's been happening with the daily stocks that I follow. 
Um, there's a lot of in play. There's a lot of economic calendars. Um, there's a lot of commentary by companies like Goldman Sachs, what they're doing, what their plans are, their expectations for the economy. There's a lot there. Check it out. Briefing.com, a reliable source of domestic and international news that Rob Black actually uses each and every morning, starting with Patrick O'Hare and page one. I'm Rob Black. Visit the Rob Black Show online at robblackshow.com. Listen to archive podcasts, market updates, and information from EP Wealth certified financial planners online at robblackshow.com. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.